On this episode, Scott Rawcliffe teaches us ways to market your fitness business. What is an important asset to build in your business? How to evaluate paid ads versus paid outreach? How to calculate your cost of client acquisition? And the biggest marketing mistakes fitness coaches make. And as always, stay tuned at the end for your tip on building your wealth muscle. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, Here's your host, Certified Financial Planner, Pat Darby. Today we are joined by fitness marketing expert, Scott Rawcliffe. Welcome to Building Your... Sorry, I screwed up the intro here. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle. Thank you for joining us, Scott. Thanks for having me, Pat. Excited to be here. All right. So we'll dive right in. Um, Scott, what's your background? How'd you get into marketing for fit pros and fitness businesses? By accident. (laughs) <laughs> um, 100%. Um, so um, I went to university, studied exercise science, uh, you know, wanted to, thought I wanted to be a teacher and I did some practice teaching and I went, oh God, it's not like coaching. Like none of the, all these kids don't want to be here. Um, <laughs> I had an interest in fitness and worked with, I kind of did like the reverse. I first people I worked with were a women's hockey team at my university. I made a girl go to the Olympics. And since I'm from Canada, uh, they won gold at the Olympics. And then, you know, a few years after that, I was just training like housewives, and, like staying in like executives and stuff. So I always laugh. I'm like, I went the opposite way. I started here and kind of went down. Um, <laughs> and then I was in fitness for, for quite some time. And then, um, I mean, geez, I've been in for like 18 years, but, uh, started speaking at conferences about, you know, exercise and stuff like that and for other trainers. And then I was like, shoot, I need, I need to figure out my own marketing here. Cause at that time I lived in Australia and, uh, it's, it's quite an investment to fly over to the U.S. Um, numerous times a year. It's just like I need to like work on marketing things. So I started to look at Facebook stuff, and then um, started having some of the other speakers and friends that I met. You know, like the guy that I was um, learning from. He's like, you should do this for for like fitness professionals. I was like, no. I was like, I'm not a marketer. I'm like an exercise nerd. Um, and then like, after a few years of that, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's really extremely smart about like. Um, Corrective exercise, he has people fly all over the world to come see him. And uh, he put out a course for trainers and it didn't do so well. And I, I knew there were some other people that had some, uh, I'll, I'll say it was mediocre, mediocre information out there that they were selling and doing well with. So it would always been a frustration of mine that people could, that were really good marketers, but maybe not really good at their profession, uh, would do well. And that people that were like super passionate, really good at being a trainer and helping people, but just didn't kind of have the, the marketing skills, uh, would, would struggle all the time. So I remember I hung up that it was, a, it was when I had a podcast ages ago where I like hit the like stop on the Skype and I just like leaned back and I remember I was like, I don't know if this is PG. So I said, I'm like, F this. I remember just F this. Um, I said, Say whatever you want. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm all in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help. I'm going to help fit pros. I was like, that's it. So I did that. Well, I ran my, ran my studio in Australia and then um, a couple years ago I moved, I moved to Canada and shut that down and stopped, uh, stopped doing any, any work like as a, as a trainer anymore and just a full-time marketer now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a long story of like, how do you get into it by accident? 
That's fantastic. So how long has it been since you went back to Canada and launched 100% marketing? Um, oh, gosh. It's been like three or four years, I think. But, I mean, at the time when I had my – like I had an agency for a number of years in Australia and I just – it was literally just basically two full-time jobs. I was kind of running my, my personal training business and then also uh, with a partner there and then also, you know, running the agency. I mean, the nice thing was I could, you know – like I – People would start their days, conversations, you know, in Australia, it'd be like two or three in the morning in the U.S. So, you know, that's the time I'd wake up and have conversations with people. So, you know, it worked for me. I could do a few hours of work before I you know, did a couple sessions at the gym. And, you know, got no sleep. And... <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So, and this is a question that I don't know if everyone has, but I certainly have. Like, marketing such a huge space. So, like, is there a niche inside of marketing or a, a type of marketing that you recommend or you every single person you'll you'll make a completely different plan or do you do you have methodology that you prefer and recommend to most people yeah um, so cool we're i'm very heavy on like you need to email you need to build up a, an asset outside of a different platform so don't be platform dependent i mean we we run a lot of we run primarily facebook and instagram ads um but i'm like don't go build up a group and like just build up your page on facebook or instagram a facebook group and count on that because Facebook can shut down tomorrow. So uh, I guess like our big thing is like build a build a list so that way if if everybody moves to Majuju, like the new the new social network, if you have a list of three thousand, five thousand contacts, you can say, Hey, come follow me there. So don't be like don't build your castle in someone else's sandbox type thing. So build your build your contact list. Uh, use email, email on a consistent basis, uh, um, use SMS to communicate with your people. So that's kind of like what I preach on all the time. So like if someone, most people don't even email that list very often, but I'm like, you know, you look at math, like a good open rate would be 20%. So if I email my list like once every month, um, that means like they're open two emails a year. Like, are you going to buy from anybody after like two emails? It's kind of like, you know, I, the way my mind moves with marketing is like, it's like building a relationship, whether it's a new friend or trying to find like your soulmate, like, after two dates or two like phone calls, you're not going to be like, "Hey, so uh, well, you want to move in together?" Yeah. You make zero sense. So it's kind, of, it's kind of like in my mind, that's how I learned it, and that's how it's the same thing. It's just especially in fitness, you're building a relationship. Like, if someone really want to spend you know a few hours a week with you, um, whether it's in person, whether it's you know um, through email, phone calls, Zoom, if they don't even know if they like you, like I'm not, I don't even know I want to spend half an hour with you, let alone commit to six months of spending three hours a week with you. So. That's kind of it's like building a relationship uh, and kind of building up your list and communicating with them on a regular basis. It sounds so simple, but it's, it's the easiest way to, to stand out because most people just don't do it. I think that I don't think anyone's mentioned that before on my podcast, but that's a an understated point in my opinion that your email list and you even said the word I love like your email list is an asset. You know, like I don't know, like since it's fairly new. You know, like you said, if you have a giant Facebook group and that could be feeding your business very well, but Facebook could go away, you could get kicked off the platform. Like it's scary over the last year. You know, we're not going to get the politics, but like it's scary how they can just decide they don't like your voice. Um, and there goes your quote unquote asset. Yeah. Um, so what do you recommend in terms of frequency of emails? Like it, assuming people are building their list, doing doing the right things, what's the frequency of touch points? We try to get people to do at least three a week. 
three a week. Okay. Three's a goal. Um, and they're just educational. Like it doesn't have to be, it's not like your typical kind of e-commerce sort of stuff um, where it's like, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. <laughs> it's just providing info, right? And, and most people that are, that are in the fitness industry that have been here for even a couple of years, like you probably know more than you're ever going to share. Um, there's so much information in there to, to actually share. So it's just continue to share and just like the, God, the old book. I saw Gary Vee thing come up today. So like that whole like jab, jab, jab type thing, like just keep giving um, until they like actually believe you. Because there's so much, like you look at marketing and, and health and fitness, like there's so much BS, right? Like there's so much BS. It's like, you need to like, like convince them that, you know, that you're actually legitimate. You can help them in that. And not necessarily that you can help them, but like the hardest thing in marketing is, is making them believe that with you, it will be different. So it's not necessarily like making them believe that you can help them because you could show a picture of your six pack or whatever. Like, it's like, Oh, you love exercise. This is easy for you. But like, I failed 15 times trying to lose weight. Why will it be any different with you? So again, yeah. if you're continuing to like give them information, like it might just be one thing where they're like, Oh wow, they tried it. They got some success. And now they're like, Oh, okay. Maybe it will be different with this person. So we do, we do say like more frequency, but also because it's just a, it's a numbers game as well. Right. Like I said, if you do it like once a month, if you did it once a week, um, that's four open rate is like, a, like I said, but open rate is like 20%. That means you're not even, they're not even reading something from you once a month. Like again, back to relationship thing. Like after this, if I text you once a month, that's it. Like you would forget about me. Like if I was like, I like that pack guy. Like I would give you friends. I'm going to text them once, once every five weeks. Um, like you're probably just going to forget. Right. So same idea. It's a, to me, it's like the easiest way to think about like about marketing. You're, you're just trying to nurture a relationship. Um, Cause and I remember someone said this a long time ago. I just remember this. Like you don't, like you don't um, cancel a relationship, right? You cancel a gym membership, you cancel a subscription, but like you don't, you don't cancel a relationship. So on the email side, three times a week, like just hearing that sounds like a lot. So if, if listeners like that's a lot, like what's, do you have increased unsubscribe rates? But is that potentially the point? Like if they were potentially never going to buy, so get them off the list faster. Like, do you have. You will, at the, you will at the start. Yeah. hundred percent. Because typically someone's, they've had, they, they typically unsubscribe is like, who the hell is this? Cause it's been so long since they've actually opened an email. Right. So typically when people up it, we don't say go from like one a month to three a week. We'll kind of try to progress in, into that. Um, or if they not email forever, kind of send like a, I'm sorry, email, like, Hey, I'm sorry. I kind of, I'll let you down. Um, but I'm going to make up for it now. And then you kind of put you on the hook to like, to get better at it. But it also is part of the thing. Like if someone, if someone's changed their mind or they've, they've gone somewhere else, like get them off your list. I always say, I'm like, Get them off your list before you have so many subscribers that you have to pay the next level in your yeah. CRM because they're just going to cost you more than to be there, right? Yeah. That's fantastic. So you mentioned that you're a fan of the paid ads. And what would you – if you're a young coach, or I guess it doesn't matter whether you're a new coach or a seasoned coach. If, if you're hearing organic versus paid ads, what would your – what should they be thinking about to help them make that decision? Like which marketing path to take? They should do both if they can. Um, I'm okay. not saying one is better, but one is like, one is speed. Like you can't really increase the speed of like organic marketing. So like 
a way of organic marketing would be like referrals. Like you can't be like, all right, like I need to ramp up referrals. You can't be like, hey Pat, uh, so I know I asked you yesterday, you know anyone else that might want to come in? No? Okay, I'll ask you tomorrow. Um, so there's kind of like, organic is limited in, in how fast you can grow. And that's where the paid side of things, it just helps to add speed to everything, but you should definitely be doing both if you're able to. Um, it's also like a time or money thing. If you have more time than money, organic all the way um, because you just don't have enough money, right? If you have more money than time, well, um, you know, the pay side is going to get you there um, a lot faster. But like, you definitely should, like, it's definitely using both, it's just whether or not it, it kind of it makes sense for you. I mean, we're yeah. on a financial podcast. Like, if you don't have the money to invest, if it's going to like put you out to the point where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Um, then you shouldn't be paid ads. So yes. what about what about um because I I don't think I've asked this question before, but what about when it's not necessarily free versus paid? Because I, I know a lot of coaches will, will recommend hiring people to do the outreach. So you're still organic, but it's not free. Yeah. So that's why I would love to know an expert like yourself, like how you make that distinction because obviously you you have the time you're or you have the money so you are scaling your reach and your speed but then there's also just paid ads so how would someone if they've got you know a couple thousand dollars they're like I'm going to invest this in growth how would they decide on a team member doing direct outreach versus a paid ad pro- approach the, the first thing i would say with paid outreach is um how do you react to, to cold outreach to you? And if you're like, I hate when those, I hate when those people like spam me in my DMs, um, then I would say you probably just shouldn't do it. This is my opinion. It's like, don't do unto others as you don't, don't want done to you, right? So, because people do ask that sometimes, and I'm like, what, like, how do you like it? They're like, I don't, I hate it. I'm like, cool. And that's usually what I ask because I know the person enough to be like, you've complained about this, so maybe don't do it. So. Make sure you're like you're okay that that's how you, you know, I mean, you're gonna piss people off and stuff like that. And that's just that's just part of it. Um, sure. But then how to figure out like which like which one you want to do um, beyond that point is you need to figure out something before that, which is I think a question that you ask all the time. You ask about like key metric on all your podcasts. So uh, the the key metric everyone needs to know is like what's the cost per new client, paying client, like what does it cost you to get somebody to actually pay you some money? Um, it's the most important one. It's the one that almost nobody ever figures out or tracks. So like, uh, like from an aspect, like my cost per click was this. I'm like, cool. Did you get any, like, did you get any leads? Did you get any clients? I don't know. Like then it doesn't even matter. Like, so looking at that, if you're going to jump into one of those, jump into one of them, jump into the paid side or jump into like the, the organic outreach, uh, whichever one. And go in there and give yourself 30 days to figure out what is your cost per new paying client. Then at that point, you can figure out, is it, is it worth it to, to go deeper into that? Um, do I need to make changes? Um, should I go to something different? But that's that's a big part of it is because you feel a lot more comfortable. Like If you've never spent money on, on advertising, you have no idea what you get in return. Typically, people like have this... They're like, well, if I spend, you know, if I spend a thousand dollars, I'll definitely get like at least seventy new clients from this. You're like, based on what? They're like, oh, just sounds good to me. Um, so figuring that out just makes it easier, right? Like, if I'm like, cool, 
we were there. It cost one hundred thirty-seven dollars to get someone to, to try you know, try your thirty-day program. Are you like, are you okay with that? And it's kind of tough. It can lead into like lifetime value as well, right? Because someone only sits around for thirty days, and that's the life cycle of a client with you, and it's ninety-nine dollars. It's, it's that's terrible. Don't do that anymore, right? You're only losing thirty-eight dollars, but sometimes you might lose on the front end because within fitness, it's a, it's not like we're um, it's not like we're plumbers. If you be the world's best plumber. And uh, you come and fix my house, my toilet, and like, you've won for the last 10 years. You've been the best plumber in the entire world. You have all the trophies. Come fix my toilet, and then you got to go find somebody else. And probably when my toilet breaks again, I've probably lost your car. I probably forgot who you were because it's been like four years. I'm like, shoot, I wish I could remember that guy. He was like the best plumber to ever grace the earth. So we, sometimes you're remembering what your business model is because like we're really lucky in fitness that it's a recurring model, not just a come in and maybe never see you again. Um, so that was kind of a, around the way answer to your questions, but I think looking at finding out, figuring out what the lifetime value is, and then you can actually, um, or sorry, the cost per new acquisition, so then you can actually move forward and be like, is this kind of does this make sense? A caveat that I put on top of that too is because um, we talked about growing your email list. Um, if you don't have a ton of money to invest in your, in, into your into like ads, grow your grow your list because there's way more people out there right now that are like in research mode, they're thinking about making a change about their health and wellness, but they're, pro- they're not ready to step into in the doors of a facility or not willing to commit to a coach or to a program. They're just trying to figure out like, hey, I woke up this morning, uh, it's the, you know, it's been six months in a row, I haven't been able to see my toes and um, I'm, I'm sick of it. I need to do something, I don't know if I need to do it. I go on a diet, I don't know if I should like work out, should I start running? Should I do P90X? Like they're like, I don't know what to do. So they're going to be looking for things. So if you offer them something, where they you know they download your free your free core guide or something like that, then you can email them and kind of build it up. So maybe in three months when they're just like, okay, I'm done my research, but I'm ready, um, I feel confident enough to actually do something. We use that three months to kind of convince them that you're the solution, as opposed to they just saw your ad or they just got a. a DM from you, be like, hey, I help people do this. And they're like, yeah, cool. So always think about, like, are you growing that asset as well? Or are you just looking for someone, you know, kind of right now um, to, to sign up for your stuff? So in, in your scenario there where they're maybe just doing something low-key, maybe that seems that's completely free just to get the email address, um, the how would you have someone calculate the cost of acquisition if like you said the mistake that people make is maybe they they look at the front end cost not people like for leads not necessarily clients yeah. is there do you want to dive into that like the mistakes people might be making there and how to calculate it properly yeah or back so, the envelope however yeah. it's simple enough for no, some driving the mistake is easy, like they don't do it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but probably the simplest way, it might not be like, it's not going to be the most accurate, but 99.5% of people aren't going to do the most accurate way to do it. You just need to actually do it. So what I tell most people is if you're, if you're trying to build your email list, just take, I would look at what's the cost per lead. What's it cost to get someone on your email list and be okay. That way you can, you can make better decisions on whether you want to, continue to spend money on that or you need to make changes on that because sometimes it might be like let's say your, your free thing is like how to lose three pounds in, in three years and you're like i don't know why i only got like three people to download this it's like 
because it's terrible. Like, no one wants, like, people want to lose more than three pounds in three years, right? So it might be like something there that you need to change it. But I would just look at, you know, cost per lead, see if that's kind of acceptable. It feels okay for you to add people on there. And then just take what you spent over that month and take a look at how many people did you, did you turn into a client? And just use that as like a rudimentary way of figuring out like, like the cost per acquisition from your marketing. Again, it's not going to be like, you can see it's not going to be the most accurate. It's not going to tie directly back to that, but it at least gets you, you're like, hey, I put this much out and I got this much in return. So then at least you, again, you feel more comfortable with that sort of thing. So how would you walk someone through if, if right now they're listening to this saying, all right, um, I've been doing this myself and they don't know how to read their data. So how would you recommend them decide if they look at their cost per lead, cost of client acquisition, and say whether it's good or bad? Like, we know what they do for a living. We know the platform they're on. If they're spending 100, 500,000 a month, like, what's, what's something they should look at and say, yeah, that, that could be improved, or hey, you're, doing, you're on the right track? So the, the first goal that most people should go after is just break even on your first month. So if you spent $1,000 and you got $1,000 in, in the last 30 days, you got $1,000 of new revenue, um, you're doing awesome. You're, you're doing really well. So if, you, if we were to kind of, and we, we don't think like that, we're like, oh man, we're like, we suck. But if you were to like go into like the online world, right, where people have um, like, they you know, that are selling to the whole world as opposed to just selling to people that want fitness, right? Um, it's like widgets and stuff like that. Like, those people are just trying to break even. Like if you can get to a break even point, you're crushing it as a marketer. So like if you're making like four X on the front end of a product, you are probably one of the top 2% of marketers in the entire planet. Um, so just looking at, am I breaking even? Again, it comes back to that whole like plumber type thing, right? Am I breaking even on the front end? Because if I'm doing a good job, I should be keeping this person for a number of months afterwards. And sometimes it's just like, I can only keep my clients for three months. You're like, let's stop worrying about bringing new people in. I know this doesn't have anything to do with marketing, but it's like, and figure out why are people leaving after three months? Well, how can I extend that? Because it's easier to sell to somebody that's already bought from you than, than a new person. So to me, it's just the first goal. I tell this when, when I talk to clients, I'm like, are you okay? In the first 30 days, all we're doing, they've never kind of done any paid advertising. We're just collecting data. We're just figuring out what it's going to cost because everything's different. We're going to figure out some numbers. Now, it makes sense. We can make better decisions moving forward. Um, and then our first goal after that is to get a, to a break-even point. Are you okay with that? I know that didn't sound great. I know you weren't like blown away with that, but like that's the way you need to approach that because it's very easy to give up really fast once you start spending money. And then again, it slows down the growth. And that's why a lot of people struggle to actually grow. They can't get past the fact that it's probably going to be further than a 60-day window before they start to see the real ROI? We just have a hard time putting money into something and not seeing like that instant kind of instant return. I find a lot of people are just like, I don't want to give something away for free. Um, or I don't want to like, I want money right now. And it's again, it's your, your business model is, is all, it's all back in. Um, yeah. So it's just, but it, it, to be honest, it's a mindset thing. It's really a mindset thing. And I went through the same thing. Like, I was like, do you know how much money I spent on my education? How weird, like, all this stuff in my head, I'm like, I'm not giving something away for free. But when I when I mature a little bit more and kind of understood things a little bit better from a business perspective, anyways, um, that's what I mean by mature more in the business side of things. Is I'm sure. like my the new way of thinking was I'm like I'd rather have someone come into my facility because I I truly believe 
I'm the best person around here. Like what we offer here is better than anyone else. So I want them to come and experience it. If they decide we're not right for them, that's okay. They can go somewhere else, but at least now they have a barometer of what they should expect. So at least worst case scenario, when they get a really terrible trainer or terrible service, they at least understand that. So I'm at least helping this person somehow, but if I feel like I'm the best, I want to get as many people to experience me because then that should sell it because I'm sure you hear this all the time. I hear it all the time. Like people complain about like how much mediocre things are like so much mediocrity in fitness. Like there's all these Instagram influencers. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Blah, 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 blah. Right. That's an opportunity for you. Cause if you're that much better, just have them experience you and they should stick around. Yeah. We talk about that all the time on the show that it's, it's a wild west. Like you don't know if you're a consumer, it's very hard to tell who looks the part and who really is the person who's going to yeah. get you to your goals. Um, and I'm sure as a marketing person, that's what you guys are constantly tackling is like, we got to prove that you're, you're the man or the woman and yeah. how to differentiate that. And that's kind of why like, like I'm always preaching. Like it's, it's, we're, we're building relationships. Like it's, we're, we need to nurture this person a lot. There's only so many people that are ready right now. And like, especially if you think of new year, cause we're not that far out of new year, like sure. new year, we're like, Oh my God, it's going to be like a, a windfall of money. But it's like, you're competing against everything. Like the, the seven day detox, the, the, the spinach wraps that shrink 75 inches off your waist in 13 seconds. Like there's all yeah. these other things that kind of, that, that you're competing against as well, that people like, just how like, I'm sure a lot of your clients would love, they like, they want to make an extra 10%, 20%, $10,000 by next week. Um, the same thing as clients, like they want to lose 10 pounds by yesterday. Like it's yeah. just the human psychology, it's just in a, in a different form. Um, so it's, yeah, just like build that relationship. Cause again, like you don't, you don't quit a relationship. Like if you can build that, people stay around. Anyone that's, Kind of been around for a long time like you probably have clients that have been with you for years and years and years 100 percent. so what is i know we've talked about a few so i don't know if we have to circle back one but what would you say that some of the most common mistakes online fitness coaches are making when it comes to their marketing i know we talked about a few but yeah, yeah. um i would probably say um like more me too, Mark. Well, not building a relationship. Like that would be again, I'm just going to come back to that, right? Um, that's the biggest thing I see. It's just, it's not fostering that relationship, bringing people in and fostering them. Um, I'd say maybe like the biggest struggle for a lot of people is like a me too offer. Um, it's kind of like everything looks the same, right? Like if, I mean, if, if, if someone's offering a, you know, a 30 day, you know, transformation or an ebook or something like that for, you know, $200, or they're offering it for $30 and they get a meal plan and they get, you know, three sessions with the person, like all the deliverables are the same. I don't know the difference between two of them. I'm going to pick, like, I'll pick the $30 thing. If they, if they look the same and smell the same, and I don't know either of them, I'm going to pick the, the cheaper one. Um, just probably as you are too, right? So yeah, how can you differentiate um, what you put out there? How can you, and the easiest way, which a lot of people just won't do, is uh, just put some kind of guarantee behind it. Um, most people just are, are afraid to have a, a guarantee. Um, and typically when I talk to people about it, it's usually because they're thinking of, <laughs> they thinking of everybody, right? So I'm like, could you, like, like I can't guarantee someone, like everyone would lose, you know, and I'm making this up, like they couldn't lose 20 pounds in, 
30 days, or 10 pounds in 30 days. I'm like, if they're 93 pounds, of course they're not going to lose 10. They shouldn't lose 10 pounds, right? If they lost 500 pounds, he's probably going to lose 50 pounds in the first month. So it's like, it's that thing where, yeah, when you put that out there, it's not going to be universally true for everybody, mm-hmm. but it's going to show you stand behind what you're doing. And I'm just using an example. And when you talk to that person, it gives you an opportunity to explain to them, right? Like if you're 92 pounds, you're like, I want to lose 10 pounds. Like, no, you don't have to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to be super honest with you. Like losing 10 pounds is like, is going to be detrimental to, to, to your life, to your health. Right. Or if it's someone that's like, you know, you know that's on the low end, but if it's someone that you're like at that weight, you're not going to lose 10%, you're like 10 pounds, but, and you explain it to them, but it gives you the opportunity to actually speak with them and be honest with them. Right. Yeah. Um, and it shows that you're able to like, you're able to actually help them when you're confident in actually what you do. So there, there is some kind of guarantee to what you do or, or it sounds different because at the end of the day, it sounds the same and you don't have any authority, you're going to go with the cheaper option. Yeah. You don't want to be, I forget when I heard this recently that you don't want to be in the middle. Like if you're going to be Walmart, then Hey, you're Walmart. That's, that's a hell of a business model. But if you're going to be Rolls Royce, but it's the, like you see it all the time, like Toyota, Honda, they do, they just beat each other up to be in the middle. Um, so maybe that's not the best example since cars, but you get the idea. The middle is where it's price competitive. And I would tell people like for online coaches, I would tell most of them, um, is I would go high end over it. Doesn't, I'm not saying like the, you're like the high ticket consultant or whatever, but I would I would start higher than lower because you can make a lot more mistakes when you're charging a higher price than you know trying to sell a $19 ebook. It's really hard to be profitable on that. And if you look at people that do that, it's typically on, on the back end. Um, even a simple way like we look at guarantees, a simple way is just that. most people have failed with if they were, if we're talking about weight loss or even any kind of transformation. Typically, most people fail because they didn't stick to it, the accountability. Um, so rather than add in like 57 like extra things for them, just keep them accountable. Yeah. And if you keep them accountable, like if you know that if someone feels in like gives you their food diary every day for 30 days, you're like, yeah, they'll definitely lose 10 pounds. Like, cool, make them do that. If they don't do that, then your guarantee is null and void because the only way your system works if they follow it yeah um, just having that accountability i'm sure if you were messaging a client every single day saying update your books i look at your books are they updated yet have you updated your book like just to say like have you checked your numbers i'm sure yeah. they probably do a much better job with tracking the revenue and all sort of stuff and they probably they probably be more profitable just from a simple text you look at your books yet look at your books yet like after three or four days you're sending that if you're saying that to me, I'm probably thinking like by Friday, I'm like, oh shit, Pat's gonna text. I need to, I need to look at my books because I'm tired of saying no, I haven't. <laughs> right? So just something as simple as that. Sometimes we look at like too big when it's like, what is the person like? What do they actually really want? They, they yeah. just, especially someone's gonna pay more money. I'd yeah. way rather, I'd, I'd way rather waste. Here's two hundred dollars not to waste the next two weeks of my life. Yeah, and in the financial industry, we're not even allowed to have clients that were not serving so it's like me and my colleagues talk about that all the time if people are constantly skipping meetings it gets to the point where like we have to think about firing them because the regulators be like what the hell are you doing you're charging but you're not doing anything so you know your industry obviously is not regulated like that but it's the same concept is like 
what the hell are you doing? It's, I mean, most people I talk to that are in the fitness space, it's because they have a passion for it. So like, they don't want people just like paying them to do nothing. Like that's, I mean, that's maybe one month, but it's not fulfilling. Yeah, and it's and fitness is easy. I think that's why a lot of them struggle too, like financially. They, they just struggle to, to charge because they just they don't see the, the value in it. Um, yeah, but just like I'm going to make an assumption, like just like you know, like the financial stuff is probably easy for you, or I'm sure you wouldn't be be in this. It's not easy for them, right? So they struggle. Yeah. With it. Um, so that I mean, that's why you, that's why we charge people is to help them with something that they're not inherently good at. So just because just because you're good at something, it's easy for you, doesn't mean it's easy for everyone else. Like, if you're a fitness professional, in the minds of most people, you're psychotic. You're you're certifiably nuts because you like to go to the to the gym. You like to be sore. And you like to sweat. Like most people think you're a nutbag because that's what you actually enjoy. Um, so it's just one of those things. That's that's so true. Um, so if you're an online fitness coach and right now your mindset for whatever reason is you're a do-it-yourselfer type of person, what would be one thing you could suggest or recommend they could do today that would improve their marketing? If they if they wanted to do it on their own, obviously hiring someone is is the purpose of this podcast, you know, like getting coaches, getting expertise from people. Um, but if they were doing something on their own, what would be one action step they could do today? Have a better offer. Figure out if people actually want what they're, 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 um, they're providing. So, um, I mean, let me choose to be that. I'll give you two. How about that? Over-deliver. Yeah, um, that sounds good. So with that right there, just see like, is it something they want? So like, um, you know, do a post. Attention, stay like, stay home moms, fellow stay home moms. If um, if I was able to help you lose ten pounds in the next sixty days without giving up wine or the food you love, would you take me up on that offer? If no one says yes, guess what? It's a, it's a terrible offer. I'm sure people are going to take you up on that. They're like, I can lose weight and drink my wine. Yes, please. Right. So it, it gives you, it gives you feedback on whether or not what you're putting out there is something people want. Like, let's say I was like, you know, I got a really good idea. Like, like fellow meatheads, if I was able to, you know, add five pounds to your curl in the next five years, um, and you only had to go to the gym twice a day, five days a week, would you take me up on that offer? Like no one says anything. You're like, hmm, I think something's wrong with this, right? So looking at that and figure out, okay, what do I have to tweak? And there's really like two sections of it. It's like, what are you giving them and what they don't have to do? So an example, I want to give like an example of something that probably would work, something that definitely wouldn't work. And now let's look at something where you have to tweak. So if we were to say, um, like, good, uh, like stay home moms, um, if I could help you lose two pounds, in the next 60 days without giving up wine or uh, the food you love, would you take me up on that offer? You're probably not going to get a whole lot of responses. So you got to look at that and be like, okay, what is, what's there that I think that, that's missing? Do they not want, like, do they want to give up wine and the foods they love? Mm, probably not. Is it very appealing to lose two pounds in 60 days? Mm, that might be it. Let me change that and post this again in a few weeks or email in a few weeks or put it out there in a couple of weeks, but change one of those components and see, did it get better? If it got better, you're like, oh, I'm getting feedback now. And it's very simple. It's basically a giant run-on sentence that, you know, gives them something, right? The without might be like, um, you know, without giving up, without spending hours in the gym and giving up time with your family. 
right? If, you, if that's you're going after somebody that's a busy executive, that's probably something that they don't want to give up, right? Like, I don't want to spend five hours a week in the gym. I want to get in there like three days a week, 30 minutes, and like, I don't want to give up time with my family. So just looking at that and see, okay, is my offer very appealing? If how I describe what I do, is it appealing? Um, if it's not, you probably want to work on that. Um, if you want to grow your list, because obviously I talk about growing your list, growing your database, that sort of thing. Um, sure. Just pretty simple, write a post, wherever you are, send an email. Hey, I'm thinking about creating, hey, I'm thinking about creating an ebook on how to, um, you know, how to, of my 10 favorite core exercises. Would you be interested? A bunch of people say yes, go create the thing. If no one says yes, don't create it. Once you then, if let's say they did, right? Let's say you put something out there. You said, "Hey, I'm thinking about um, thinking about putting together a, a, a free book on or a free report on seven ways to you know um, decrease your your taxes by 35 percent." Totally making this up. I have no idea if that's even possible, right? Um, would you be interested? A bunch of people say yes. You're like, sweet. I'll put the thing together. You probably already know this stuff. You write the ebook out. You go back. I would mess. I would like respond to every single one of those people. Say, "Hey, I just created. You want it?" Cool. You can send it to them. You can collect their email, whatever you want to do, because they can always start a conversation. But there's a database of people. And then once you've done that, then make a post. Hey, I just created this ebook on how to save 35% on taxes. Who wants a copy? You guys have probably seen these things. They, people reply. You reply to them like just very easy. It's 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 a time or money thing, right? It's going to take you time, but it's going to get people on your list. It's going to get, start conversations with people, and then. Two weeks after that, who hasn't got a copy of my How to Save 35% on Your Taxes book? Comment below. So just some very easy ways to start to see, to, to build up your list, and also kind of more validate your, your offer, validate what you're putting out there if you're kind of touching on the things that are hot buttons for people. Perfect. Um, well, that was perfect because you said building up their, their asset in the business. Um, that takes us to the, the final question. And again, this is a podcast about building wealth, protecting wealth. Um, what is your general philosophy on building wealth and financial freedom like outside of your fitness marketing business? You should do it. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was really bad forever because I kind of have like the, I would say like the typical fitness professional. I like, I love what I do. I just want to help people, stuff like that. And I would like undercut services and whatnot. So I think that from talking to people, like I'm, I'm not a financial guru at all. Um, just start to put money aside just to take a percentage before anything. I know people say this all the time, but it's literally been, was the the most impactful thing I would say that, I, that I've done is actually just start taking money. As soon as I got money, it just went straight in. Then I put money aside for taxes and all that sort of stuff. But right off the top, a certain percentage went straight into my, um, into my savings account every, every week, every single week. Um, it's not sexy. It's not crazy, but, just a lot of people just don't even do that. So I would, that would be my thing. It's not you know, keeping it easy. I like to keep things easy. Um, and like I said, I'm not a financial guru. Uh, but just doing that, as I'm sure you probably have seen, it, it can add up pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like that's, it's just like fitness, like the, the habit of putting away the money. What you put it into, again, professionals can help you with that all day long. But the spending habit and the money mindset habit is, like just like fitness, you have to develop that muscle because the best finance person in the world can't help you if you consistently spend more than you make. Like, there's not a lot they can do other than force you to stop spending money, you know. But 
other than other than uh, being Britney Spears is like dad. I don't know what <laughs> you really can't make people. It's it's kind of funny no matter like no matter what it is. So like I'm in the marketing world, you're in the finance world, we're talking to fitness professionals, right? It's it's the it's the habitual, non sexy, basic stuff. If you just did it, you'd be in such a better better position. And that's kind of everything. It's just like we're always looking for the hack or the trick or whatever. Yeah. And it's not just fitness, it's everything. We're just like we want something now. We're looking for this hack where it's just like, here's the just if you just do this, if you just put aside a percentage of your money every single day. If you just moved every day in a month from now, six months from now, 12 months from now, like things would be totally different. So it's yeah. just, it's like just the basic. We're always looking for something different. But it's like, just nail the basics and you'll be so much further ahead. Yeah. And it's like, um, as we're recording this, the global markets have been in free fall the last week or so, or actually based most of the year. But um, that kind of gets in the same point. Like, you stick with your habits, like same thing with weight loss. Like you tell your clients, the scale every single day is going to change. And like, that could be a lot of reasons, water, bathroom, like a ton of reasons, but you have to stay the course because over time, you're not going to like necessarily what you see on one particular day, but you have to stay the course, like with your fitness, with your money, with all of it, because the end result is not a 30 day sprint, you know? So, um, I think that's great. This has been extremely helpful, Scott. So if listeners want to learn more about you and your company, what's the best way for them to find you? Um, just find me on Facebook, uh, Scott Rockcliffe. Um, just look me up, send me a message. Um, like I said from the start, it's like all about relationships, right? So just if I can help the listeners anyway, rather than say like, you know, go download my, my book or whatever, just send me a message and I'll ask you a couple of questions and then I can send you whatever I have that probably is going to help you the best. Perfect. And all the links to what Scott's referring to for his socials, uh, they're going to be listed in the show notes. Um, so you guys can find find Scott there. And thank you so much, Scott, for joining us today on Building Your Wealth Muscle. This has been great. Thanks for having me. It was, it was fun. Thank you for joining us this week on Building Your Wealth Muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram, at patdarbybiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.